Greetings. Thank you, Jared. Thank you, everyone else, for joining us for today's uh, conversation here in the African Father in America podcast. I am really, really excited for today's conversation. Our proverb is going to take us to Somalia. Uh, I want to welcome Kiden uh, and uh, Jared. I just want you to say hello to everyone. And, uh, you know, I want to give you a chance to say hi to everyone and let them know what is going to be the center of our conversation today. Thank you so much. Hey, what's up, everybody? I uh, hope all is well. Number one, um, we'd love for you, everybody to share the room. We're going to be digging into this proverb. It's going to be really dope. Uh, this is also a very inclusive space. So if you want to come on stage and share your thoughts, feel free to raise your hand. And I'm sure Simon will invite you up at some point in the show. And then also, um, you know, we'll be talking about throughout the conversation, uh, this awesome 10 day trip that we're going to be doing in Kenya in February. We're going to get really deep into the culture, learn about all the tribes, the food, the music, and really have a awesome, safe, curated, um, you know, empowering spiritual experience. So uh, thank you all for being here. So I'm going to lead the way that little box with the arrow pointing up, go ahead and click that, click that little yellow, uh, like little hand. And then I'm going to go ahead and put some emojis and click share. You see the number one turned to two. If you all could do that, that'd be dope. Uh, but uh, yeah, excited to get in the conversation. So I'm going to pass it back to you. Excellent. Thank you again. Uh, I'm just so excited to see Kiden as well and brother. And really, uh, I want to begin by sharing today's proverb, which is from Somalia. And, uh, you know, for those of you who have been joining us here over the last two years, uh, every day when we gather here, we bring a new African proverb with the hopes that by the end of our conversation, we gain a little bit of uh, African wisdom. You know, we, we just empower ourselves with wisdom from our ancestors so that you know really by the end of the conversation you walk around and feel really uh, that you're not alone you know that you're you're walking and uh, feeling uh, empowered by things that we discussed here but also words from our ancestors words that came from way back before we were around here so that's why we are going to Somalia today for our proverb for the day that says that the fowl digs out the blade that kills it. This is a beautiful African proverb and I won't say much. I just want to go straight away to the three nuggets of wisdom that my team and I selected and uh, picked for, you know, uh, us what we feel that you should all, um, you know, be inspired by today. Uh, so the first nugget of wisdom, um, and also, before I go into this real quick, I just want to invite you to do exactly what Brother Jarrett was asking you to do. Make sure you're sharing the room. Make sure you're joining us on YouTube as well. Uh, we are live streaming today's conversation on YouTube. This is something we've been doing consistently. You know, we are now at over, I think we are at episode 310 uh, on, you know, on all podcasting platforms. I'm just going to share the link right there thank you so much jared so uh the first nugget of wisdom it says that be mindful of the decisions you make and ensure that your choices do not lead to harm in the long term think through all the <clears throat> all the outcomes before committing to any course of action that's our, our first nugget <clears throat> our second nugget says that understand consequences and recognize potential risks even when they seem small 
and insignificant. And then our third nugget says that revenge is not always the answer. Revenge is not always the answer. Learning from our mistakes and growing with them is much more productive uh, and uh, it also helps build ourselves in the end. So I'll stop there. There's so much more that I could have uh, shared with you. But I want you to also read our blog. You know, after every conversation, we also publish a blog uh, that is available on my website. So uh, I want to welcome Latanja, who just joined us. Thank you so much. Um, you know, before taking too much time, I want to come back to you, Jared, so that, uh, you know, from your understanding over the last year, we've had many conversations about one vibe experience and Somali where this proverb comes from is you know not too far from Kenya where we will be going in February so I just wanted you to speak about it briefly you know why this is exciting for you and then I want you to also share with us your thoughts you know when you saw this proverb that we are discussing today the foul digs the blade that kills it what is it that comes to your mind thank you so much yeah, so I guess I'll get started on the uh, proverb first. Um, you know, I think ultimately we go through life being very reactive sometimes, or we don't really think about the consequences of, you know, our actions, especially the things that we say, because you can't really take those things back. And, you know, words can really, um, you know, affect relationships, can also affect, affect your brand and perception. So, like even on, you know, Clubhouse for me, when I'm, you know, jumping on a certain stage or I'm engaging with certain energy, um, I'm always thinking about like, how is this going to positively or negatively affect my brand? But more importantly, how is this going to impact the people that I want to impact? And so as long as you have something that can kind of ground you in your decisions, um, because you have, you know, a goal or a purpose that is rooted within you, um, it will really make you cognizant of your activities and you won't do the things that could negatively impact you towards your goal or towards your purpose or the value you're trying to bring people. So that's uh, my thought on that. And then when it comes to this trip, you know, in terms of my purpose, my purpose is really to grow, learn, explore, and also get closer to my personal culture with the African continent. And, um, you know, that's why I'm really excited about this trip um, from the perspective of I've been to Kenya twice and I loved it. It's beautiful. Uh, the people are amazing. Uh, the food is great. Uh, the, the vibes, the nightlife, the music, all that stuff is great. But what I didn't really get is a real deep experience of the continent. I feel like I just scratched the surface. I did, you know, the beaches and I did, you know, um, like the safari walk and like all the stuff that you can find on Google. But what I didn't really get to do is um, get ingrained into the culture with locals. And that's what I'm excited about for the, you know, 10 day trip. So um, I'm actually trying to multitask while I talk and pull it up. But if you're interested, in February, we're going to be going on a trip to Kenya. It's going to be amazing. Ten days. I'm going to throw the link up real quick, uh, and then we'll throw the YouTube link back up. But all the details are here. The itinerary is really broken down. And um, I'm just excited just to, to learn because every time I travel, I feel like I gain perspective 
um, I gain, you know, a connection to, you know, my ancestors and, um, I'm really excited about that. So I'll yield now because I know we got Stella, Keaton, Latanya and others on stage, and I'm excited to hear what they got to say about the proverb. So I'll pass it back to you, Simon. Excellent. Thank you again, uh, my brother Jared. I also see Rushi has joined us here. Uh, Rushi is a brother that uh, I would love to hear from, especially because we are talking about One Vibe Experience today, the 10-day trip that we are organizing uh, to Kenya. Now, um, you know, quickly, I want to uh, bring the mic to you, Stella, so that we can hear from everyone on stage and also invite uh, other people to join us on the stage for today's conversation. Uh, I'm really, really uh, always excited to be here for the uh, conversations here in the African Father in America podcast because in a way I feel like it's a privilege. I feel like we we are around the village fire and we're having a really uh, unique conversation that you don't go anywhere else and find, you know. So uh, I really want you to know that you're in the right place with the right people at the right time. So feel free to join us up on the stage and also contribute your voice. Now, Stella is part of uh, my team uh, at One Vibe, And also, Stella, I want you to just take a quick deep dive on this proverb. You know, the, the, the fowl digs out the blade that kills it. The fowl digs out the blade that kills it. Just share with us where you are at the moment, what this proverb means to you. And then uh, we'll do it like we did it yesterday where we are not going on PTR order. Anybody on the stage who wants to speak after Stella can just double tap your microphone and then uh, we will come to you. So we'll go to Latanja after Stella. Thank you so much. Hello, Simon. Thank you for this show today. Hi, everyone. This is Stella from Kenya. Um, today's proverb, uh, from Somali that says, the fowl digs out the blade that kills it. To me, it speaks about so many things, but the ones that stand out are forgiveness and uh, bitterness. And uh, most of the time when we have some deep conversations with my mom, uh, I always like telling her how bitterness is not good because it only consumes the person who is bitter and uh, how forgiveness is uh, good for the person who forgives because you learn to let go of the pain, you learn to let go of the sad things that happen to you. And in that way, it heals you, it helps you heal. So uh, when I saw this proverb, that's what I, that's what came to my mind because uh, I believe that when you let go and when you forgive, especially yourself, then you don't die, you get to heal. Uh, on to one vibe experience, I'm so excited about it. I keep uh, reading the, the, I keep going to the website just to, to master the itinerary because uh, there's, some exciting things that uh, we are going to share together, especially visiting Kitmikai. Kitmikai is a is a, a a place. It's a place full of rocks, big rocks, 
and uh, uh, it's called Kitmikai uh, that comes from the word, uh, it's a Luo word, which means, Mikai means first wife, and Kit is a Kidi, which means a stone. So it's a stone of the first wife. So uh, I just wanted to tell you that so that you get a glimpse and a feel of uh, what you'll experience when you visit that place. Otherwise, thank you everyone, and uh, I'm happy to be here. Excellent, Stella. Thank you so much. I just quickly want to give uh, a, a quick shout out and also to let Dr. Dibinga know that uh, I'm, I'm having a technical issue here and I also don't understand why I can't have you on the show. Dr. Dibinga was supposed to be our guest this morning on YouTube. So uh, typically on YouTube every every day really we've been having guests uh, who are live with us as our special guests and uh, in a moment we'll be able to bring you our special guest today. Uh, but for now we want to go on and uh, continue listening to everyone who is on the stage interpreting this proverb for us while we figure out how we can bring on Dr. Dibinga. Thank you again Stella for your beautiful contribution and I also can't wait uh, to you know to take everyone to keep Mikai. I've been there a few times and uh, I've been thinking a lot about this trip and a lot of this conversation and I want to really really commend Lavenda for the hard work that she did on you know on the website and also on planning this whole trip. So uh, with that I'll bring it to Latanja. Grand Rising, Simon, and thank you so much for having this space. Sounds like a wonderful um, experience, one vibe that is um, catering to the Kenya trip for 10 days. I am looking forward to being there. Uh, the fowl digs out the blade that kills it, as the proverb for today. And we understand a fowl or chickens or other kinds of domesticated birds that lay eggs or are raised to be, to be eaten. And it is a bird that is kept on a farm for its eggs and meat. I looked up Job 28.7 that says, there is a path which no fowl knoweth and which the vulture's eye have not seen. In addition to Proverbs 2.20 says that, so you will walk in the way of good men and keep to the paths of the righteous. So to me, the fowl is prepared to be eaten for its meat it is consumed with awareness of its demise, therefore becoming combative to conquer defeat. This defiance is its call for repentance before it's devoured as food to eat. And I yield. Wow, excellent. Thank you so much. Uh, I just deeply appreciate you for always, uh, you know, researching a lot and bringing us a lot of value uh, during our conversations here in the African Father in America podcast. I appreciate you, Latanja. Uh, the floor is open. Uh, if you're ready to share your, your thoughts on this proverb, feel free to just double tap your mic and I'll bring you on. Thank you so much. Hey, Kiden, how are you doing today? I hope all is well. Uh, take it away. Hi everyone, good morning, good morning. Um, Kidan, I'm joining you all from Daytona Beach uh, this morning here in Florida. Wow, this proverb is 
So amazing. Definitely is one where I'm scratching my head. Um, and I, those are actually the ones I tend to enjoy the most because sometimes there's ones that you you read and you can get them right away. And then there's other ones that make you think just a little bit harder. So thank you so much um, to Simon and the team for being so great at choosing these. Um, so for me, my interpretation is like when you wake up in the morning sometimes and you're still sleepy and you bump your your toe on a corner of a desk or a wall and you're like ouch and then you know you look down to see you know what caused that pain this proverb kind of reminds me of that like when we fall into problems or challenges we should always sort of reflect back and think okay how did this happen what series of events took place for you know, for this thing to happen. So we should look back and try to learn from the mistakes that happen in life. So thank you all so much. And I'm excited to hear about the trip to Kenya coming up in February. And that's my time. Excellent. Thank you so much. Uh, I appreciate you, Kiden. Kiden is also a podcaster. And uh, hey, Kiden, I actually want to give you space towards the end of our conversation so that you can talk about your podcast because I think it's really unique and uh, people need to know about it. So I hope you have time to stay and share towards the end. For now, I want to keep the the, the conversation going and I want to just settle in on the trip uh, to Kenya that uh, you know Lavenda and my team are organizing February 1st to February 10th. And uh, you know, I was thinking about uh, Kisumu, particularly where I come from and uh, the, the journey between Nairobi and Kisumu is the same journey that Obama took, you know, before he was a senator, after he became a senator, you know. He has not just gone to Kisumu after, you know, when he was the president of the U.S. and after, you know. Uh, but that's also where his ancestral home is, you know. So if you take this trip, you're much, very, very likely going to visit uh, the ancestral home of Obama, and also the ancestral home of Lupita Nyong'o, you know, who uh, is the Kenyan actress that uh, has been one of the main uh, cast members of the two Black Panthers, you know, and is, you know, has won many, many awards. So it's a really, really special place for me, uh, as I see a lot of people who come from this region that has been historically uh, you know, sidelined. You know, the politics of Kenya always put Kisumu on the side and people there actually go through a lot of hardships when it comes to uh, economic, uh, you know, growth and social development. So I love bringing opportunities there because I know that people there deserve it. Uh, so, you know, that's a big portion of the journey is always uh, in Kisumu, but the journey there is really really exciting you know you can talk about the tea plantations in Kericho uh, you can talk about stopping to enjoy uh, you know traditional Kenyan food along the way there's just so much I'll stop there and I, I'll just quickly invite Lavender uh, to also chime in when it comes to One Vibe experience you know why is this exciting for you Lavender what is it that uh, makes this one special for you Okay, I think Lavender needs a little more time. Uh, we will, uh, I, again, I think I'm really, really disappointed by this, uh, you know, this technology stuff. I'm literally having a hard time bringing our guest uh, to join me today. And my apologies, Dr. Dibinga. 
we, we might have you join us on Clubhouse instead. So I will send information to uh, Stella and Lavender so that they can help facilitate that. For now, I want to, you know, just uh, keep the floor open again. You know, uh, Brother Arth and uh, Alicia and Rushi, feel free to double tap your microphone and uh, share your perspectives in regards to the proverb. But also, Brother Rushi, you can speak to, you know, the time when we were in Kenya together. And I think you're still in Kenya, you know. Uh, you've been to Kenya many times since we last went there together. You can just speak to why Kenya has become so addictive to you. <laughs> wow, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Addictive is such a great word to use. <laughs> yeah. No, uh, well, actually, I am. <clears throat> I am not in Kenya today. I am back home. I am back in Charleston, South Carolina. I actually arrived from Kenya from Nairobi on Saturday. So I am back in the United States. I've gained about five, six pounds. Um, but I wish my heart is still in Kenya where I left. Um, but uh, to, to speak about uh, the trip, uh, my first time going to Kenya, Nairobi, was actually last year. I believe that was last year. I went with, it was a trip I went with two, uh, three of my friends. Uh, actually, two of my friends went. Uh, and it was it was a very interesting trip. I, I would have to say it was my first time ever in, in Africa, my first time ever in Nairobi, my first time ever in Kenya. Um, <clears throat> the thing, I, and one thing I would have to say is, uh, the trip I had was probably very different from the trip that my friends had. I, I have to say that, um, the thing about going to a place like Kenya is if you really want to have a really, a really good experience, you have to go with someone who is a local. If you do not go with a local, you, you won't have, the, the experience you have will be very much lacking. I think the first time I went, uh, my friend. Uh, me and my friends, we actually planned the trip, but you know, when you plan a trip, it's a lot of times you're just going off what you see on TripAdvisor, what you see on Instagram, uh, what you what you find on Google to do. So that's kind of how we that's kind of how we planned the trip. But uh, what made my trip so much special, so much different, is I actually was able to connect with Simon on my trip. I was actually able to connect with Simon and also uh, Lavenda on my trip, and it actually gave me a totally different experience than what my friends had and that's probably the reason why i keep on going back is because of um the experience i had with lavenda uh and simon going to kasumu and all the other places that we went i was not really ready for uh the experience <clears throat> in a good way it was just such a uh experience that was so in depth it was very cultural I learned so much about uh, Kenyans, and I was, I was able to see the similarities between Black Americans and Africans. I was I was able to uh, learn so much about uh, Kenyans. One thing I one thing I learned that I, did, I never knew was how how uh, most most Kenyans actually could speak about three languages. You know, most Kenyans can speak English. They got Swahili as their main language, and they also have that native language from their tribe. That they come from, so it's just so many things that open your eyes to uh, to what culture really is, and uh, it was just the experience was just it was uh, I, it's still it's still experience where I can't even put it into words. It was just so much that I 
was able to uh, learn and so much, so many different people. It's the people that actually make the trip special. You can't, you know, can really have a great trip if you don't have, if you don't have the right people around you. You know, like some people say, someone could say that they visit New York City, and they may have went to the to the Statue of Liberty. They may have seen uh, Time Center with all the lights. But if you haven't, if you have, if you have never been to Harlem. You never really been to New York City. If, if you if you haven't been to Brooklyn, or Cusico Street, or you never been on in Flatbush, Eastern Parkway, if you never visited those places, you can't really say you know how how the how the place really works. So it's the, kind of the same thing, you know. So uh, anyone who's, who's who has the opportunity to take this trip, I I really think that you should also you should do it. Um, and uh, if, but if you're not ready to be uh, totally changed then maybe it might not be for you but if you should be ready to uh experience something that you that you know you weren't really thinking that you would experience in a good way so uh i would say that about about the uh about my trips to uh nairobi i think i've been to nairobi about kenya i've been there maybe about five times in the last 12 months <laughs> so so uh it's definitely a place that is very hard to leave once you actually get there and you're immersed inside the culture. You definitely feel at home, especially if you're a, a black African from the South, or if you're from a rural area, you have those type of uh, traditions and vibes about you. Um, it's definitely it's definitely something that uh, you won't forget. And so uh, I would say that as far as the proverb, the proverb really took me back because I couldn't really, uh, I really didn't know what it meant. But I, I really do agree with the uh, what I've heard so far in reference to the proverb, uh, and I think it does. I really agree with uh, what Stella said, and I think uh, I would yield at that in saying that I totally agree with how Stella took the proverb, and I think that's how I feel about the proverb as well. Uh, thank you, to, thank you, Simon, for the time. Excellent, man. You said so much that I feel like, uh, you know. Uh, I don't know what to say in terms of just thanking you uh, for for everything, but also, you know, for your perspectives. I know that we have so many people who have joined us on the stage, including uh, Joseph Kafunda, who is also a travel guide, uh, you know, a tour guide and uh, an entrepreneur, a filmmaker, someone who has been to many, many parts of Africa. And uh, he could speak to the proverb. He could also speak to the trip that we are organizing uh, to Kenya. But there are also others like Alisa, who has been on the stage for quite a long time. Uh, there are also many of you who are listening in who might want to be a part of this conversation. I just want to invite you to feel free to join us. Uh, and uh, I also see that uh, our special guest, uh, Dr. Dibinga, has joined us on the on the Clubhouse platform. My apologies again. I want to invite you up on the stage if you can join us so that we can really, really uh, create space for us to listen to you. Uh, I'm really also sending a tweet to Ecom Live, the program that I use for live streaming, to complain about uh, this technical situation because I feel like it's not my fault, it's not your fault that we go through this kind of suffering, so they should probably say something about it. Anyhow, um, my brother Jared, I want to come back to you briefly uh, in regards to the trip that we are organizing in February before we bring on our guest, uh, Dr. Dibinga. Um, you know, you had everything that, uh, you know, that was just shared by um, 
that was just shared by Brother Rushi. Uh, do you want to add anything to it based on everything you've been learning? And do you want to share anything with everyone who is listening in so that they know the actions they can take to be a part of this? Yeah, so when it comes to the actions, you know, definitely click the link at the top and just, you know, understand the experience. And there's a book now button. Go ahead and click the book now and invest in your, you know, I feel like we spend so much time working and, you know, just thinking about the day-to-day -day things, but you really got to invest in, like, your life experiences because tomorrow's never promised, right? So uh, if you've never been to Kenya, this is the perfect opportunity to do so. And what stood out to what he said is um, if you're not experiencing it with a local, you're not truly experiencing it. Uh, my first time in Nairobi, I actually met a, uh, somebody, the Latino local to Nairobi, uh, and they're still a friend to this day, and they showed me around. And, uh, you know, that was way, way, way more significant than the entire trip before then. But um, what I would definitely tell people to do, too, is, you know, um, scroll down to where it says trip highlights and itinerary. And what's really dope is, you know, from day two to day three to day four to day five to day six to day seven, it's extremely curated. Because if I were to go on a trip to Africa or wherever, and I'm like, you know, nervous about like, what are we going to do or where are we going to go? Is it organized? Um, this website really shows you how organized the trip is. Um, and it really breaks down, you know, the cultural experience. It, it makes sure you're taken care of when it comes to breakfast, lunch and dinner. Um, and it's just the variety of activities um, is really unique, um, you know, and I'm really, really excited to um, just get to know the people of Kenya in a, in a deeper way. So um, if you're not trying to do superficial Instagram trip and you're really trying to get immersed into the culture, I uh, highly recommend you click the link at the top, um, block out that time in your work schedule and, um, you know, come and join us. So uh, that's my thoughts on it. Excellent. Thank you again, Jared. Now, uh, you know, I see that, uh, you know, our guest is uh, on the phone. So we are going to just continue creating space for everyone on the stage to share briefly before we go deep into uh, my conversation with Dr. Dibinga. So uh, the floor is open. Stephen, uh, Joseph, Brother Arth, go ahead and share. Thank you so much. Peace and love, family. It's Brother Arth. I'm coming out of the North Carolina territory once again. And um, gratitude to you, Simon, and uh, for the platform and all those who uh, shared uh, 24 months of And it got first hearing this proverb, it kind of stopped me for a while, too. And the first thing that came to my mind was, you know, um, it's an old saying, sometimes you have to cut off a finger to save your hand. You know, like if you get gangrene or infection or something, it's better to cut the finger off than, than say the hand. But, you know, I said, then I had to listen to everybody else's demonstration. I said, that didn't necessarily connect the way that I wanted it to. And then it uh, also uh, made me think about... Uh, uh, it's another old saying, you know, uh, it's like you're beating a dead horse. And meaning that, you know, it's been a situation that's been over with and dead. Uh, you know, you can't, ain't nothing else can be done about it. 
but yet and still you want to harp on it, you know, constantly harping on the dead situation. And that's kind of sort of what I take from the proverb. And uh, I'll park my plane right there, brother. Peace and love, family. Excellent. Thank you, Brother Art. Peace and love to you. Uh, and thank you to everyone who is joining us uh, for today's show here in the African Father in America podcast. We are live streaming on YouTube. If you haven't subscribed to the channel, I encourage you to do so. And uh, I want to take this time now to just quickly introduce Dr. Dibinga. Uh, Dr. Dibinga, again, my apologies for the technical glitch. Uh, you know, typically, it's always a very, very smooth flowing when it comes to us hosting our guests here. Um, I know that we have a few other contributors on the stage who want to share their perspectives on the proverb, but I want to create space for you. Uh, I just want you to take a minute, introduce yourself, share with us, you know, uh, also when, when you heard this proverb that we are discussing after you introduce yourself, when you heard this proverb from Somalia, what is it that came to your mind? You know, the proverb says that uh, the fowl digs out the blade that kills it. The fowl digs out the blade that kills it. Thank you so much for being here. Okay, Dr. Dibinga, if you'd like to unmute, the best way to do that is to go to the bottom right of your screen. There's a microphone icon there that you can use. Oh, there you can are. Can you hear me now? I can hear okay. you now. Okay, awesome. How are you? Salama kabisa, bariyako. Uh, awesome. I'm happy to be on. Uh, my name is Dr. Omekongo Dibenga. I am in Washington, D.C. I'm a motivational speaker. I'm a rapper and a spoken word artist. And I'm a professor uh, at American University in intercultural communication. So I've been doing a lot of this work for a very long time. And I'm just happy to share some of my thoughts on what you're talking about today. So when you talk about the, the proverb, what I think about with that is I think about how much of what we do to kill ourselves actually happens in our mind. And that no matter how weak we think we are, we are powerful enough to destroy ourselves with not only our actions, but with our words. And some people say that, you know, life and death starts in the tongue. So when I think about the foul, people think about a foul being small, being weak, that it doesn't have the, you can't think of it having the ability to actually lift up a blade. And, you know, even, you know, less than that, pick up a blade and actually that blade be used to kill it. But my, the way I see it is we are all small as it relates to the universe, as it relates to the larger plan in life. And sometimes we think that we're insignificant. You know, we walk past the rivers, we walk past the mountains, we walk past the forest and we marvel at how beautiful it is. And then we look at ourselves in the mirror and we get depressed and sad. We're tricking our own selves into thinking that we're not great. So every single day, if we're not, as I talk about in my book, Grow Towards Your Greatness, if we're not planting seeds of positivity in our head, day by day, we are digging out a blade that's going to kill us psychologically, emotionally, and eventually physically. So no matter how big or small you are, whether you're a fowl, whether you're an elephant, you have the power to breathe life into yourself as well as to take your own life metaphorically or physically with the terminology that you use, which is like a blade taking your own life. And so every single day, all of us who are listening, we have to make sure that we're breathing words of positivity into our minds, into our spaces. We're surrounding ourselves with people who are uplifting us because you are a direct reflection of your five closest friends. 
and that you're making sure that you get all of the negative energy out and away from you and anything that's preventing you from living your best life. Because if you don't do that, like the foul, your whole life will run afoul. That's incredible. Thank you, Dr. Dibing. I deeply appreciate you being here for today's conversation and being our special guest. One of the questions I love asking all the guests that I host for the African Father in America podcast is, uh, you know, a childhood story, a story that uh, relates to something that happened when you are between 8 to 16 that really drives who you are as a leader today. And I love sharing my story where when I was eight years old, I began distributing milk and bread in our neighborhood using a bicycle that my mother had uh, given me. And uh, I wanted you to take a moment and just share with us, you know, when you look back, what is it that really drives the work that you do? Thank you so much. No problem. You know, my parents, you know, my, my dad, he passed in 2020. Both my parents are from Congo, uh, Kinshasa. And uh, growing up in Boston, Massachusetts, I went to a very prestigious um, school, middle school. And, but I didn't want to go there. But my parents made me go there. And so since I didn't want to go there, I, I didn't perform well. I acted like a fool. I didn't do my homework. And then also at the same time, my father, who was an activist, he went to Zambia and he was doing work and they tried to assassinate him. And so for my entire seventh grade year, my dad was in a coma and taken away from me at that time. And so when he came back, uh, it, he gave me an option to leave the school because he suffered from a little bit of amnesia and didn't really remember that he made me go there. So he made me an, gave me an option to leave the school. And I could have taken the option and went to an inferior school, but I thought about all he went through and all my mom went through. And then I thought about the ancestors and what they did for us. And I decided that I was gonna go back to that school because my ancestors fought for me to be in the space that I am. And my parents fought for me to be in the space that I am. The only reason I was failing that school because I didn't want to do the work. So that experience, it made me go back to that school and I graduated as student council class president. I graduated as a member of the National Honor Society. I was the president of the African Culture Society. And so what that lesson experience, it taught me that I use my ancestors and what happened before me to fuel my success in everything that I'm doing today. So all of us have to remember that we come from strong ancestry and strong lineage and we got to stop looking for Western ways to motivate ourselves when everything that we need is on our, in our homeland, it's in our minds. And if we just turn to our own history and our own culture, that is all we need to elevate us to the highest level. So that experience with my dad being taken from my life for that short period of time and making me realize that I needed to turn to him and my mom and my ancestors to really be successful that was a turning point in my life because I was also suicidal during that time. And that experience helped me come out of all of that. Wow. Wow. That's deeply, deeply incredible. Uh, for you who are just joining us, I'm having a conversation uh, here with Dr. Omekongo uh, Dibinga, who is, uh, you know, a, a top, uh, a John Maxwell top 30 uh, you know, top 30 leader, you know, he's a certified virtual speaker, he's a diversity and inclusion and anti-racist strategist, and he's an award-winning, uh, you know, 
a brother who is doing incredible incredible work um so if you are joining us and you're enjoying this conversation make sure that you're following our guest if you're on clubhouse uh, but also uh back to you dr dibinga i want you to share with us some of the the work that you're currently proud of when you look at all your accomplishments you know is there one thing that you'd like to share with us that you're currently really proud of that uh, you want us to tap into and learn a little more about yes um definitely yeah also let me know if there is time to share some poetry i'd love to do that if not it's okay uh one of the things i'm proud of that i'm really working on right now is i just completed i think it's my fourth or fifth book and the book is called um lies about black people how to combat racist stereotypes and why it matters the forward is being written by a scholar named dr michael eric dyson and so I'm very proud of this book. It's gonna be my first book with a major publisher. So all of my other books were self-published. I'm also doing an album to go along with the book as well. And so in this book, I just challenge a lot of the stereotypes that people have used to discriminate against black people. I do a lot of work in schools, in organizations and corporations talking about diversity, equity and inclusion. Um, I've been across the continent doing this work. I have not been to Kenya yet. So I'm waiting for that invite for y'all to bring me out there so I can do some spoken word and do some, motivate some young people and do some performances. So I'll wait on that, but that's the work that I'm most proud of. Again, it's called Lies About Black People, How to Combat Racist Stereotypes and Why It Matters. That's incredible work. Thank you again. I deeply, deeply appreciate you. Uh, and yes, we will be sending you an invite uh, to join us in Kenya if you want in February, February 1st to February 10th, uh, we are going to Kenya as part of the One Vibe experience. And this is not the first trip we are organizing to Kenya. We've actually taken a lot of African-American brothers and sisters to Kenya in the past. Uh, you know, if you want to watch some videos uh, about some of the previous trips, you can let me know. Uh, but we will be writing a lot of content, uh, blogs, uh, and uh, we'll be pushing a lot of uh, stories through our email, uh, our email, uh, you know, uh, our email list. So if you want to join our email list, uh, just let me know or let Stella know and we can share with you the link. Um, I just want to take a moment here, Dr. Dibinga. I want you to think about how we can support your work, you know. Uh, and then when you come back on, I want you to share with us, you know, your social media handles and how we can stay connected with you. But uh, I will be getting back to you by email to make sure we do this again in a more comprehensive way. But I want to just... Uh, pause for a moment and create space for everyone else who is on the stage. Uh, we want to create space for you to also speak uh, briefly, you know. We want you to share either your thoughts on today's proverb and also if you had something about the trip that we are planning to Kenya, uh, also speak to that, ask a question, say something that uh, excites you about it and then uh, we will come back to you uh, Dr. Dibinga in just a moment so that we can wrap up our conversation. So uh, the floor is open just for a moment. Uh, Jared, feel free, Lavender, feel free to jump in here to uh, speak about uh, the one for the experience. Okay, great. It looks like uh, Dr. Dibinga and I were having a beautiful conversation and that's what people want to listen to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah 
yeah yeah so that's beautiful um i i do uh, appreciate you all uh you know in the village who are really really listening you know listening itself is a gift you know when somebody is listening to you and you realize that actually people are giving you the attention you need then you actually zip it up and continue saying what you're saying and that's what we are going to do here so dr dibinga you know um I want to take a moment and really share with us how we can support you. This is something I ask all the guests that I host. You know, people come here who have uh, books that they want to sell. People come here who have a website that they want people to visit. People uh, come here who just want to connect with people, so they just share their social handles. But this is a, an important part of the uh, the podcast conversation. And then after that, we will begin just wrapping up. And again, I did it. A little faster in order to accommodate this entire situation that we are going through so again thank you for giving me the grace and uh, helping me manage this situation so go ahead and share how we can support you and how we can connect with you oh no problem i appreciate it well in all of the social media spaces twitter linkedin youtube instagram facebook twitter uh you can just go to at omekongo that's just my first name o M like Michael, E, K like King, O, N like uh, Nancy, G, O as in Go, Ome Congo. That's my social media handle. You can also go to omekongo.com or upstanderinternational.com. It's the same website, omekongo.com or upstanderinternational.com. Also, if you're interested in my poetry and my music, uh, you can get it on all of the digital platforms, iTunes. You can download the spoken word, the hip hop, Spotify all of those places. I have a podcast you can find out there as well, the Upstanders podcast. And of course, books, Amazon, anywhere those books are sold online, you can also support me there. And then lastly, I would love to come and work with your organization, whether it's a company, a school, uh, kids, religious group. I love coming and doing talks on motivation as well as diversity, equity, and inclusion. So beautiful. Now is your opportunity to share with us uh, your poetry. You can pick one piece that uh, you feel most inspired to share with us today uh, as you had offered earlier. Thank you so much. Awesome. So I wrote this poem. It's called Pulse of the Motherland. They say that you can't judge a book by its cover, but it has become appallingly clear that you can judge an entire continent by its media coverage. You see, you can color an entire continent dark with the paint of poorly placed perception when you rely on the media to teach you your Africa lessons. Because I come from a continent that the world thinks is a country. And to put it bluntly, we're all HIV positive until proven negative in the eyes of the media. It's like Africa is either one big safari or Kalahari with seething heathens and no sense of religion and home to animals and animism because TV renditions of African afflictions have created a depiction of a land of savages where the world's most dreadful diseases exceeds the law of averages. And since American TV only shows you the ravages of a select few nations, most Americans juxtapose the mother of civilization with phrases like damnation and starvation. And so until we take control of our own images, we can't expect to see a true representation of our beauty. Most non-Africans believe that the most Africa has contributed to the world are phrases like Kakuna Matata and Asante Sana Squash Banana, along with exotic vacations in remote locations, because I've never heard an American TV news station even say that we're made up of 55 nations. In the eyes of the media, we're just underdeveloped wannabe Caucasians still searching for civilization if you buy the media's interpretation of who we are. 
but am I taking this too far? Because to me, the real problem be the WB, ABC, and NBC, which are the real WMD, weapons of mind destruction, because most people, including many Africans, only see what they see through the smart bombs they call TV. And it's not just a newscast. It starts at like age three, because I grew up watching images of Bugs Bunny dressed in grass skirts and blackface, speaking in African dialects. And every 10 years, there's a new version of Tarzan on the TV set. And I don't know about y'all, but I recall seeing gorillas pass for Africans in those Tintin cartoons. And if you remove Marvin Martian's helmet from Looney Tunes, he's probably an illegal African alien or a famine-stricken African child of his belly protruded. And it's these convoluted images that have helped create grown-up policymakers who partially base their opinions of our homeland from films such as Congo, Gorillas in the Mist and the Air of Fear, and we can't forget Tears of the Sun, which left too many tears on the sons and daughters of Africa searching for a positive portrayal of who we are. But that won't happen until we as Africans take responsibility for our portrayal because the betrayal of our friends from CBS, Fox, and CNN means that we will never see an end to these characterizations of the continent of human creation, which had to make it look like she's on her deathbed and ready for cremation. But we must show the world that our mother Africa is strong, vibrant, and defiant, because a pulse of nearly a billion people can never die once we take control of what the world sees. And so we can never comply with pictures painted by pessimists on TV of our homeland, because we, you and me, we are the pulse of Mother Africa, and we must now show the world how proudly we will stand. Wow, 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 wow. That's incredible. That's incredible. Thank you, my brother. I just love that. I want to see uh, if, you know, maybe Dr. Latanya, do you want to do you want to say something about this poem? And then do you want to also speak about today's proverb after that? Uh, you know, I just appreciate you so much, my brother, uh, Dr. Dibinga. I loved that poem. It took me on an entire journey. But I just want to create space for Dr. Latanya, who has not shared with us today, but seems very excited about everything you just shared through the poem. That was totally fire. I am so excited and that needs to be heard because it is so true how the depictions of Africans um, have been displayed throughout our nation, throughout our world, and the mindset of people. When you talk Africa, I have an aunt who's 85 years old, and when I spoke of being of African descent and finding out that um, we're pr primarily over 50% Nigerian and then in uh, Central Africa. And because I knew within my heart that my grandmother was full-blooded um, African and she denied it. She struggled with it because of the images she saw growing mm. up in the way that she was treated um, and seeing um, killings and hangings and things like that. So she moved, wanted to totally remove herself from being anything negative. And unfortunately, and psychologically, children do the same thing. So they were yes, rather yes. beer to swear something that looks lighter than them versus embracing who they are on the inside. And That's so right. with the African Proverbs, dealing with the foul digs out the blade that kills it, we have a tendency sometimes if we're not careful because of the images we see and everything that we are exposed to, we'll stay to the ground and pick out and dig out the things that are the very thing that will hurt us. And all of those things are the negativity, the words, all of the negative connotations that are out there. We'll embrace that before we embrace the truth of who we are. And I yield. Beautiful. Thank sure. you. Totally true. Totally true. 
I am grateful and uh, you know there's nothing much I can say after that uh, Dr. Latanya and uh, Dr. Dibinga thank you again I just want to keep my promise to you kid and uh, just go ahead and tell us about your podcast briefly and then I'll come back to you Jared uh, and Lavender to close us out with how we can join the one vibe experience trip to Kenya February 1st to February 10th kiden thank you so much simon i appreciate that i definitely enjoyed this conversation and everyone's contributions um and thank you for giving me space to, to share about my podcast so really quickly um as you guys know i'm from south sudan but i'm based in the us south sudan is uh the newest country in the uh, in the world and so right now we have a lot of creatives who are getting into the digital space um you know creating youtube channels and just you know kind of just really telling their stories and expressing themselves uh using media and so i started a podcast um with the goal in mind of just telling south sudanese stories we talk about mental health we talk about um entrepreneurship we talk about just different things that um impact women and girls in the south sudanese community so my my biggest goal is to just inspire and um just push out uh conversations that are necessary so if anyone has any questions feel free to dm me or follow me and um we can connect through all the different social media channels thank you simon Wonderful, wonderful. Thank you again, Kiden. Kiden is going to be my guest very soon on the African Father in America podcast, so uh, stay tuned for that. Jared, uh, please close us out. How did we do today? And Lavender, also feel free to chime in. Uh, the floor is yours. Thank you so much. Yeah, you know what? I'm going to go ladies first. Lavender, I'll give it to you. All right, Lavender might not be there. Um, but uh, yeah, no, nah, another great room. Uh, really loved all the feedback. Um, doctor, um, that was a really dope poem. Um, really, you. you know, looking forward to hearing more of that in the future. And uh, yeah, no, nah, um, just want to say again, uh, links at the top. Um, definitely check out this 10-day trip. Check out the itinerary. Check out all the opportunities uh, to really grow, get immersed in the culture, and um, experience Kenya from a, a local's perspective uh, in a really curated fashion, very intentional. And um, yeah, share this link with family, friends that are interested in going to Africa, but didn't know who they could go with, or they were afraid of, you know, doing it alone, or how can they be quote unquote safe? Um, this is gonna be a great opportunity for any solo travelers to be able to build community with other, you know, like-minded travelers. Um, have a curated itinerary and really be, you know, guided through uh, the different uh, parts of Kenya um, in a way that I've never really seen before. So definitely click the link at the top and check out this um, experience and share it with your friends and family. And uh, we'll see you tomorrow, same time, uh, to discuss um, the next topic or the next proverb, which is one should never rub bottoms with a porcupine, which is very interesting. So I look forward to hearing what Simon's uh, perspective is on that, where it comes from and uh, how people interpret it. So uh, that being said, I will pass it back to you, Simon. Thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, I just love, uh, you know, uh, working on the daily African proverbs and this show 
uh, with you, Jared. So I appreciate you for creating the time for us to do this uh, throughout this week. And uh, I appreciate you, Stella and Lavender. And, uh, you know, Dr. Dibinga, one more time, thank you. Do you have anything else you want to say before we push the end button, Dr. Dibinga? I just want to say every single day, you all, if you woke up, you have a, that's a blessing. Take advantage of it and make sure that you're working every single day to live life to the fullest. You want to live full and die empty. So make the rest of your life the best of your life. Excellent. Wonderful. Wonderful. Thank you so much. And uh, Kay Benjamin, thank you for joining us on YouTube and for suggesting that we, uh, you know, we add contact links uh, and YouTube uh, links on, on, uh, on, on the live YouTube live stream. Uh, I always avoid to advertise and to do a lot of, you know, this and that. Uh, because I just want us to ground ourselves in our ancestral wisdom. And a lot of the time, if you go to YouTube, if you go to the internet, you find everything that is valuable also selling something to you. And of course, we need help. We need people to support the show. We need people to uh, help us meet our obligations. But that does not mean that we, we immediately want you to to do something but we just want to inspire you we want you to know that you're valued and then if you want to do something further you can always do that which is something that k you've always done by just showing up and being consistent and uh that's you know deeply deeply appreciated um i'm grateful to all of you and we will see you tomorrow 6 a.m pacific standard time many many blessings to you all peace and love America You are listening to African Father in America podcast by Simon Javanokello live from Seattle, Washington.